Hi, Becky. Hey, Becky. So this week we got to sit down with the beautiful, wonderful pod member, Solas, and it was just such a joy to talk to her and expand on our conversation that we started in the last episode all about desire. Yeah, and it's one of my favourite topics and I think what's beautiful from within the pod already is we're hearing people's different perspectives on desire and I think that's really what came through strongly in this conversation, wasn't it, with Solas? Mm, totally, yeah, and how actually she didn't really resonate with the word desire Um, which I think probably there's quite a few people that also feel that way. And I know I definitely have, like I think I said in the first episode, I have an interesting relationship with desire and how I view it. And I think having Solace's perspective on that whole theme and topic was wonderful because it actually got allowed us to explore a different avenue and a slightly Mm. different nuance. So I'd love to know, what was one of your biggest takeaways for this conversation that's coming up? I feel like when she says that for her desire is more being in flow with life, it was almost this like, aha, like that's her, how she describes desire. And that is essentially how I feel about desire. But I just love that everyone can express it differently. Mm. And I think it's just so beautiful that feeling into like, what, what would it be like if I was in flow with life? what would open up it's such a beautiful question isn't it instead of like what do I desire which can feel more ego to be more yeah what am I open to to flow through Mm, and I think definitely that that nuance where I mean Salas talks a lot about how her decisions that led her to now living in Italy which Mm -hmm. is an incredible story uh, but actually it was driven by need but when we kind of actually got into the depths of it it's is it need or was it actually a version of soul desire and actually can our desires be the needs that we have for ourselves like I think it was such an interesting like yeah different perspective which I really really resonated with and as a self-relationship coach which Solas is there was also some beautiful conversation around what self-relationship is and that for me was like I think it's pretty early in the conversation I'm not going to spoil it but definitely the way that she framed what self-relationship is and describing that again I was like oh right hold on this is like yeah I think I have a good relationship with myself but when she started to go into it I was like do you know what there is probably room for work here um and room for improvement it was just fascinating to hear her perspective yeah and for everyone I think whatever your relationship is with yourself there's something to learn here isn't it or something just to open your mind with the way that she describes it and the way she helps her clients it's incredible yeah amazing well everybody with no further ado um enjoy our episode with the wonderful solace and if you want to find out anything about her we're going to leave all her links below this episode wherever you're listening or watching it um so yeah enjoy the episode So Salas, such a pleasure to have you on the Doing Business Differently podcast with us. So I think it'd be a really good place to start with you just introducing yourself to people and letting everybody know who you are, because you are a wonderful human. So please share how you would like to introduce yourself. So I'm Solas, originally from Ireland, currently living in Italy, and I'm a self-relationship coach. I work online with clients just to help them deepen and connect 
their relationship with themselves because we invest so much energy, headspace and time in our relationship with other people in the world. And we forget that from the moment we're born to the moment we die, we are in an active relationship with ourselves and we get to construct that and choose how supportive, loving, healthy that is. But often like with all relationships, it needs a bit of help and guidance sometimes. So I love working with people who want to get to know themselves again, who want to really kind of become self-aware, um, heal from some of the baggage that they've carried in life so far and kind of move forward in a much more with much more clarity, but also conscious living for me is a big mm. thing. So it's about helping people to realize what they want and need from life and make choices, just those small choices add up to your life just suddenly changing. Um, oh, I love that. Do you know what? Yeah. I've also only just weirdly made the connection <laughs> about, you know, our theme for this month is desire and talking about self-relationship actually the whole thing of desire and what do you desire from your relationship with yourself that's like a whole massive thing there isn't it because I suppose like we talked about when Becky and I were just discussing the topic amongst ourselves about like what do we desire and getting clear on that and actually I think there is probably an interesting intersection almost between that relationship with yourself and how much you even allow yourself Mm -hmm. to explore what you desire I think it's huge. I think when we think, when when I think about desire and when you asked me to come on to this topic, my first thought was, I don't desire things. I generally do things out of need, you know, a need for an easier life or a more nurturing life or a more accommodating lifestyle. And I, because I think when I think of desire, I think, you know, a five-star luxury hotel holiday for two weeks um, or a new spec car I've never had a new car but do you know what I mean you think about these lofty things and I had to rephrase my thinking when I was coming on the podcast today to be like well actually what I have desired in life and what has been my drive has been simplicity and ease of lifestyle to accommodate who I am and the needs that I have as a human with multiple chronic illnesses and stuff and it's about kind of going oh desire doesn't have to be a big lofty thing it can be a small thing and I think when you're talking about self-relationship how many people even acknowledge they have an active relationship with themselves it's just something you take for standard you're stuck with yourself you make it work yes it's actually actually because when you think of desires in relation to people you're going to start thinking externally to romance partnership um you know children love all of that stuff and you kind of go oh no actually when you take the focus and go what's your desire internally A lot of the stuff we want externally, we don't realize we can create a huge amount of it internally. And it's not to say that you don't then go outwards for it. It just means you don't have to. There's not that external view all the time of like of need of of like must have, must go get. It becomes a I've got it all on my own. And if someone comes along and they can add something or they just make me laugh loads or whatever, they make me feel good, then that's great. They're an added bonus. And I remember actually decades ago hearing Pamela Anderson say that. She said, I don't have a need for other people in my life. Everything I need and want is within myself. So anyone who comes into my world has to be an added bonus. And, you know, I mean, from the figure that she was, the kind of sex symbol she was, it was a real deep kind of, wow, she's so right. She's got it sorted in her head. I love that. And I'd love to hear from your perspective 
Because I think a lot of people have different opinions and definitions, but what do you feel is a relationship with yourself? And what does that look like for you and your clients? Yeah, see, that's a really good question and something I think I forget to answer for my audience who, you know, when kind of marketing my business, because for me, a relationship with myself is the exact same as a relationship with anyone else, which is how can I support myself best? How can I take the time and energy to try and understand, like, how often do we try and understand our partner so that we Mm -hmm. can use the right words to support them? or do those kind gestures that make them feel so loved um and that is what a relationship with myself is so what do I need today is my is always my question when I get up um if I'm not feeling well how can I bring a little joy or a spark of kind of spark of joy somewhere in the day to look forward to Um, I have done a huge amount of active work at one point in my 30s where I completely changed the inner dialogue. And so I mostly 99% of the time only live with positive phrased dialogue in my mind, you know. And so I will often have moments where I think, God, I'm so in love with you. You're so great. So glad I'm doing life with you, which sounds so strange to say, because that's what we want from our relationship with other people is to be like, oh. You know, there's certain emotions I don't give much energy to, but, you know, you have to be willing to see yourself as you are and not be a dick, excuse my like, not be a dick to yourself about it, to be like, look, you know, if, if you met any people from my past, especially ex-boyfriends, they'd say she was an effed up bitch, you know, and, and I wouldn't say you're wrong. I was the best version of who I could be at that time. Mm-hmm but I'm not perfect. And to get to who I am now, I had to be willing to face the reality of what my best effort was then and how it wasn't good enough. It wasn't good enough for me. It wasn't kind of love, like it wasn't the right kind of love to be having with other people. So it's that thing of owning all of it, Mm. all the bits you want to hide from yourself, all the bits you want to hide from the outside world. Mm having a relationship with yourself is is being willing to face all of that but to do it with kindness and compassion because for me I'm a good person I've always tried to be the best person I can be but that doesn't mean that I've always been a good person to everyone around me or to myself or I've always been the healthiest person mm. and to be able to face all that with compassion and forgiveness rather than just shame and wanting to hide mm-hmm. is where you can kind of then just completely be free yeah. yeah. And Do you know, know what? I would say that's why I love having you actually inside the pod, Salas, because I think you're so good at advocating for that for yourself, but you also advocate for it in other people all the time. So when we have like our group discussions and things like that, you're always there being like, okay, but can we just check in with you? Can we just mm-hmm. like, can I just ask a question from this perspective? Like what's driving that? What's going from it? So it's such a beautiful, like you're such a beautiful part of that community. So just, just a little bit of gratitude for you right here. <laughs> and I think how you're describing, like, it, it's funny, like when you said it, of like, you know, a relationship with yourself, it's the same thing as, as relationships with other people. It was like, oh yeah, of course it is. Like, Wow, so simple. And yet, like you say, we don't think about it. And I think, you know, not that I want to make this into like a whole gender conversation or or anything, but I think 
particularly as women, I think we're often taught to like center other people's desires more than our own. And so actually choosing to look at what you desire and how you can start to, you know, focus on that is almost an act of rebellion, which is crazy, right? Yeah. I personally think we as women have it easier in that sense because I don't think men even feel they're allowed to acknowledge they have a relationship with themselves. Because I think when you look at the role of men, I think there's still a huge amount of, you know, that thing of they must be the carer of the family financially hold it. There's not an emotional component, but there's a huge responsibility component. And I think they don't even have the luxury to be like, oh, how do I have a relationship with self? Because they're like, my role is for others, but in a different way to a woman's. And I, I think you're you know, you're right. I know I was right. Ra- I was raised in the 80s in small town Ireland. And it was a case of everything is outwards. Mm. What do other people need from your politeness, from your conversational engagement, uh, your time, your energy, everything. It was taboo to love yourself, to even use that phrase. You just got mocked. Like my, my, like my mother does say to me, she used to say to me, she's now stopped, thankfully, was, you know, I love myself. Who do you love? And I'd be like, I do love myself, but I love you just as much. And I treat you just as well as I treat myself. So, you know, quit with the, if you don't put yourself first, that's you to own. For me, putting myself first, I'm not going to be ashamed of that because I am a loving person. I treat other people just as well as I treat myself, but not above and beyond, you know? And I think we're always, I know I was raised that it's always above and beyond. You're always making others feel good, cared for, supported. And we do it in hope that someone behind us looks and goes, let me take care of you. Let me support you. Do you know, it's this this kind of imaginary, I'll do it for someone else and someone will eventually come into my life as we dream, the dream partner. And they're going to do the mind reading and they're going to suddenly make me, their energy and care is going to go into me. And what happens is we get stuck in the place of disappointment then because everyone has their limitations in how, no matter how much energy another person puts into trying to get to know you, they cannot know you better than you know yourself if you put in the energy. Do you know what I mean? And if you don't know yourself, how are they meant to figure you out? They can just figure you out through their lens. So I'm one of these people that like, I will say to partners, uh, I'm not often in a relationship, but when I am, I will say to partners, here's a tip. Here's how to handle me when. Here's the exact (laughs) word to say to me when I'm hormonal and looking for an argument. And don't get me wrong, they, some of them, you know, some of them have said, I don't want to be told what I should say. And I'm like, well, that, that, that's fine. I'm just trying to give you the easy option when I'm being unreasonable in my hormonal state, whatever. But I can't. And again, with managers, when I've worked in jobs, I've gone in and said, if you want to get the most work out of me, ask me to do a task. Don't tell me. That's just a little, little, t- because I know what works best, what's going to get you the best response from me. And so to know yourself means you can then share yourself and save people the hassle if they don't want to have to slowly figure it out because how much energy in a loving relationship is wasted through misunderstanding they're trying their best to be what they think you need and how you need it with you know only tidbits of guidance and you want them to love you but they haven't said it or done it in the exact tidbit way that you need and then all of this want for love kind of smashes head on and gets a little bit 
you know, fragmented and you're like, oh, I find it so sad when I think like, if you just, if you knew yourself, you'd be able to say to your partner, this is what I need when, rather than your partner being like, what am I meant to do? What do you need right now? Tell me, you should know, you should, you know, like all that malarkey. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. very relatable. I think we can yeah. all connect with that. And I think what's really beautiful here is like hearing you speak around that relationship with yourself I feel like it is this really beautiful thing with desire, right? And as you were saying, you know, like, you know yourself so that you can share it with others. You know, this is how I respond best. This is how you get the most out of me. And I'm curious, you know, that relationship with yourself with relationship with desire, from your opinion and like from your expertise with what you do and how you support people, do you see a correlation with when people learn to, you know, as you say, be more patient with themselves, to love themselves, to support themselves, does desire flourish? Do you see more desire coming through? Um, desire is a word that is not a regular in my vocabulary. So to me, it's just natural. It's flow. What you get is with the knowing is you get to with ease create a life that supports you and if that's fulfilling your desires or goals um meeting your needs in a way that doesn't feel like you're taking from other people because you've learned to take up space I mean anything is possible when you have a good relationship with yourself and and as I say like desire is not a word I hugely use because I always associate it with lofty things um but when I was thinking about like how to tie in desire here I was like well I guess you could phrase that my relationship with myself has led me to create a lifestyle that consciously that continuously adapts and accommodates what I need as a person and the simplicity and the ease that I need to live and I guess the desire then would be just for a life that is easeful and simple. Um, And so whatever you desire, it just becomes a known, I guess. That's what my struggle with the word desire is. Because for me, it's just a known. It's not a desire. It's just a known. I knew I needed, like I live in Italy now. And this came about because um, I I got sick about six years ago and I had to give up my life in Edinburgh my independence moved back to my parents in Ireland uh, to recover physically and so as I recovered physically within the environment unfortunately it's also an environment that triggers my childhood trauma stuff so my mental health dipped so I got to a point where I couldn't live there and I couldn't afford not to live there because I wasn't earning a large wage and so I ended up moving out and just using savings to rent. So this is how my brain works. I needed somewhere to live. I had a certain amount of savings left and I didn't want to waste them. So I searched Ireland wide for the cheapest room to rent, like in all of Ireland. And I moved to the other side of the country to the cheapest accommodation because I needed time and the most I could get out of my money time-wise was to go somewhere where it was cheaper to live than Dublin and so when I was there I gave myself six months to kind of just rest and recuperate not worry too much about money to say like the savings are gonna I'm gonna use them for the next six months to rent but I realized like 
needed a long-term solution. My need was a safe space where I could live independently, a roof over my head that was mine that could not be taken away. But I needed it on an extreme budget. And Ireland does not do anything on a budget. So I decided to look around Europe. Um, and I found a 20,000 euro apartment in Italy. I kept on looking just to make sure I was you know, that was the best one. And yeah, it ended up being the best one. A month later, I flew over and I bought it. Not because I had any desire to live in Italy, although it's great, let me tell you. I do not know Italian. I had never been here before. It was an affordable roof over my head that no one could ever take away from me because I was paying in the last bit of cash savings that I had. That wasn't desire to me, although it's a very desirable story, isn't it? That was need. I knew what my needs were in that moment. I knew what I needed to be able to heal further and try further. So for me, I often use the word need instead of desire because it comes from a place of knowing what I need and therefore changing my whole world if necessary or doing something out of the norm to make sure I meet that need for myself. Mm -hmm. So I now have a mortgage-free home <laughs> in sunny Italy where it's currently 27 degrees, mm -hmm. um, where the living cost is like a quarter of Ireland. Um, and I don't know if I'll be here forever, but for now it has given me everything I knew I needed to heal and grow for the next leg of my journey. Yeah, and of course, lots of beautiful cats and kitties oh, that call your home their home too. <laughs> yes, they do. I am the cat lady. Italy comes with a lot of stray cats, and I have like I just feel like if this is if this was my saving sanctuary, it's an honor to be able to offer it to them too. Um, and so, so I know it's a really challenging thing because I'm not really connected to the word desire because for me. I always, I, I guess because my, my childhood was quite traumatic and it left me with complex PTSD. And so there's always been a large amount of survivalism. Mm -hmm. So desires, it, it is a lofty word for me, I think. Because I think that's a beautiful thing though, because I think, and I, well, I, I have heard from so many people and I've experienced it myself too, with just the this energy attached to desire like you say it it feels like these big things you know yeah. i'm gonna be a millionaire i'm going to live in you know i had it a five bedroom house in the country and it has to look like this you know that's what success means that will mean i've made it that will mean i'm safe and i feel that's what really prompted our first podcast around ego desires and soul desire mm. and the word desire for me as a mindset and energetics coach is tapping into the part of us soulfully, right? The ego desires are very much of what I want. I want this. Soul desires are what we will inevitably attract for our biggest soul growth. So although like you don't connect yes. with the word desire, how I'm feeling your story is you are guided to be in Italy mortgage-free, live in this conscious, present, healing season of your life. That's it. I think that that's, that's really clarified it for me because the ego desire is the only desire I consciously am aware of. But what you've described is, to me, self-relationship. And that is just the knowing that I have and the commitment 
to making that possible, to making those needs met possible. Um, and so, yeah, then I think I'm just, I'm just naturally in flow with desire. If, yeah. if it's true. Yeah. Which is because of our guest. <laughs> <laughs> because if you ask me about desire, I'd, and I, I think I mentioned it in one of the pod chats that we were having during the week, um, which I do love all of them, by the way, um, was that thing of like, I, before I got sick, I had the corporate life, the income, I'd wanted to leave my job for six years, but the money was comfortable. Uh, so I was like, you know, it makes no sense. And I was living this normal constructed nine to five style life where you just try and earn more um buy bigger things buy more things and I knew that didn't make sense for me but I I also didn't want to be completely different in the world because my experience of being different in the world as a child was quite a negative thing and so I was kind of one step in the corporate world with the one step out of it um because for me desire made no sense it was just more money for more things that keep me stuck in a job that I need more things to make me happy in that I need more money to buy the things to make me happy in and so although I wish I, I still had my full health well I didn't even have it then but you know I, I wish I hadn't have had to get sick to have been forced to make this change but I've no regrets because I am completely living a life that's aligned with me that makes sense to me and I earn a huge amount less than I ever thought possible for someone to live on but I live a life that is abundant like it's just so free mm. it's easy yeah, I love that and you know I think there's just like a really important point here is that you know obviously I have a special affinity for words <laughs> well in messaging and all that kind of stuff <laughs> but for me wo words are signposts right words are always just signposts to greater meanings and sometimes certain words Although from one person they point in the direction of, you know, this soulful truth and things like that to somebody else that the word desire can, can mean a completely different thing, which is why I think it's really important to have this conversation and bring in these different perspectives like your solace as well, so that we can get that nuance so that people can be like, oh yeah, actually... I can interpret this and explore this in a different way. And again, that's just, <laughs> just to plug the pod. But that's why I think it's so beautiful that we have this community of women from all over the world, from all different backgrounds and different experiences, because we get to learn from each other and we get to experience different perspectives, different insights. And I, I think that's where, that's one of the most wonderful things about being human, right? Is that everybody gets to have their own experience and yet when we share it there's always commonality there's always things we can learn from each other so it's just yeah I just wanted to drop that in there that even if anybody's listening right now and thinking actually I don't really resonate with desire maybe there's just a different way for you to explore what that means for you personally yeah and I think one of the beautiful things about pod especially the circle sessions and as you know I do use them quite a lot to help me process my thoughts and feelings and grow in my viewpoint is that part where one of my favorite things about being a human and, and because I know myself so well you're not trying to hide yourself you're not busy distracted trying to hide yourself from the world and so you're able to go hey this is the only view I have right now of this thing that's happening to me and I don't want it to be the only view can you guys give me your perspective give me your experience and you're and like 
because I remember when I was younger and I was very protected because I felt like there was so much wrong with me inside. I would never have been able to go, I want to see your view and understand <laughs> it because I would have been like, I don't think I'm ready for anything else. Whereas now I'm like, yeah, like I feel like I've grown and learned from you, Becky S, like just from that ego desire and soul desire differentiation. I'm like, I've learned something. I'm able to see a pathway that's arisen in a different direction. I'm like, ah, oh, like this constantly evolving this because when you're not trying to control yourself or control the how you're perceived by the outside world, you can just be this floating thing that keeps on growing and viewing different different things differently. I mean, I love it. It's so like the variety in the pod is is amazing. And the fact that it, even though it is about supporting us in business, it's humans in business. And I think a lot yeah. of biz communities, especially some of the more money-driven focused ones, they don't nurture you as an individual and a human who is trying to run business. They just nurture you as a person who is doing marketing, sales, promotion sort of stuff. Do you know? It's like a cross between chat with your friends and therapy. Do you know, like the circle sessions? <laughs> because it is, you just go in, you can be as vulnerable as you need, share what you need. And there's always kindness return, but there's always different perspectives and guidance and support. It is a really abundant thing that you have created. Well, um, we both get so much out of actually being part of it as well. So it's this wonderful community. And, and it's funny, like when you said, you know, as a, as when you were younger, that you didn't necessarily fit in and maybe you felt different. Becky and I were having this conversation. I can't remember when we were like, that was us in school too, right? Totally like almost feeling like the misfit, like not quite understanding what everybody else is sort of like, what their journey is and feeling on the outside looking in. And it's weird because I feel like within the pod, it's almost forming this home for people that yeah. look at the mainstream way of things, that look at the traditional trajectories, the tra traditional ways that you should do business or whatever, and really aren't resonating with it and, and feeling like it's them, they're the problem. And actually what we're doing collectively is actually showing, no, hold on. You can do business however the heck you want. You just have to have that like ability to trust yourself and to be vulnerable. And, and actually, I think in those circle sessions, getting to just express how you feel in the moment and like a big aspect of the pod, what we what we preach and have as one of our boundaries is that we don't try and fix each other. That's not what it's about. Like we're not here to say like, bring your problems and we'll give you a solution. That is not the vibe. It's where we're here to just witness each other and to offer different perspectives maybe if that's helpful so yeah I, I love <laughs> I love being a part of it just as much as I love running it and I love that we have people like you in there as well so I'll ask that again just bring this this beautiful perspective and even like not to make it about age and hopefully it's not awkward in any way we say this but we have like a range of people yeah. so we have people like in their early 20s and then I'm I don't 42. actually know how old I'm like, I was like I don't want to out you Salas <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, again I've no qualms I am 42 I, I mean my body feels 70 and my spirit <laughs> feels 23 but yeah. my actual years is 42. Oh, I'm and not far it. behind you, Salas, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, and, and honestly, I don't know. I remember turning 30 
because I remember like as you say I didn't fit like I didn't fit in and I didn't want to fit in that was the problem I didn't want to play the game and so there was always this half-hearted attempt in some areas and then just not even partaking in others so I grew up as a non-drinker in Ireland which is just pretty rare (laughs) um and I backpacked and traveled the world in my 20s never drinking never taking any drugs again very rare and I got a lot of prejudice against it so I remember on my 20 like my last day of being 29 looking in the mirror and being like tomorrow so the next day I turned 30 I look in the mirror and I'm like not bad for a 30 year old like you know because my body as a 29 year old didn't fit the aesthetics I thought it should but my body as a 30 year old one day later was like not bad for 30 and now I was like yes no I'm not abnormal for not drinking I'm just too mature to go out on boozes I now go to restaurants which actually the truth was do you know what I mean but I felt like I suddenly I was at an age where the normal things about me for me were more socially acceptable, like going out for dinner and having drinks with mm. dinner, or in my case, not drinks, but no one quite noticed because it wasn't sitting in a pub not drinking. Bringing it back, having that range of experiences, but all kind of having a similar thread of, you know, it might be that we grew up in different eras or whatever era sounds longer <laughs> like we're much more don't further age us becky <laughs> i know like I, I turned 34 next week just went out there so that we're all uh, <laughs> um that's it but yeah having like different different experiences but i guess it's because the reason i'm sort of saying it and laughing about it at the same time is that the world has changed very quickly right you know there's people now that were alive while the internet was here at the same time. They don't remember times without internet. So it is vastly different, our experiences. But I think, again, like, it's that human experience within it that we can always come back to of, like, you know, doesn't matter when you were born, doesn't matter how old you are, we all, as humans, on in a certain place in the world or whatever, we all have felt different. We all have felt like we haven't fitted in and actually being able to find community. And that's the joy of the internet, right? That's the joy of having it is that we can all connect um, from all different places in the world, which is just incredible. Well, I think because the pod, you know, markets its its essence of doing business differently, you do attract people who do life in turn differently. And actually I was chatting to one of the girls last night on Instagram DMs and um, I didn't realize she's child-free by choice too and I was like actually I think there's a few of us in the pod that are child-free by choice and again child-free by choices in my day was a minority and uh, you know you got told that you'll change your mind eventually you'll you'll realize that you know you do want them because everyone does and it's like oh wow like I've never met so many people in one place that you know, either have like neurodivergency or lifestyle, pre- you know, preferences that are different to the norm. And it's so refreshing. So mm. refreshing. Oh, yeah. And I love it. As I'm relatively new to the pod, co-hosting from this month, it is just incredible the the people that are in the pod. And I think especially around your story, Celeste, around you mentioned in a circle session recently around this like just aligned living right is this consciousness of whether you call it desire whether it's just presence with yourself this relationship with yourself what's really beautiful about how you navigate your business and life is around this connection and I think that's really powerful to share are you happy to share like what that looks like for you and if you've got any 
tips for anyone of like building that within themselves and their business? Yeah, I think one of the the biggest disservices I do for the work that I do is that I don't realize how much feels natural for me that doesn't for other people. And so it it is like I say, it's it's come through years of you know, having chats with myself in my head to figure out what was my voice and what wasn't, to figure out what emotions were keeping me trapped in a place that didn't feel right for me, be it a mindset or, you know, a job or a relationship or something. So I have a big passion and and one of my loves to do with clients, and I think it's some of the most valuable I work do it work I do with them is actually mapping back and so what I do is we look at how you function now so it's I it works really well through the written format through the journey book service that I have we're able to see your thinking and behaving patterns and default things that you wouldn't quite notice and when you're using someone's words that they've written to reflect it back to them it's it's really a great way for them to clearly see Oh, God, yeah, okay. And see where contradictions come throughout the answers that they give. And what we do is, when I'm able to point these out, we start to pattern back. We follow the tread backwards to figure out where did that thinking pattern form? And normally it's in childhood. You start to look into childhood and to the environment that you you as a child, an innocent child who took everything at face value as like, this is how life is. This is how love is. This is how people are. You start to really be able to see clearly where the deformity in the wiring came about. And it's profound in how it frees people from this stuck mindsetness. But unless you're willing to do that level of exploration, that understanding of, okay, I, I need to look at myself and be like, who am I? I'm willing to accept whoever I am. But I might have to delve into some darky, murky places, one where I I might judge people that I meant to love in my life or a place where I don't really want to go back to. But, you know, you're doing it guided and supported. Um, and it, the work is actually quite quick in, in when you do this mapping back. It, it's so clear to see once I'm working one on one with someone to get them to see oh, that's why I think this way in relationships. I didn't even twig it to that kind of incident that happened or or that kind of environment that I was in. And so I've always done this work with myself. So my style of working with people is very different traditional therapy because it is more engaged I will have discussions I will ask questions that might feel a little confronting or deep or you know whatever um traditional therapy wasn't my greatest asset in my healing journey and I remember when I came out of like years of psychotherapy I was like okay I'm out of survival mode I'm not wanting to die anymore but how do I live who shows me how to live? Because all I've ever known since I was a young child was survival, was survival thinking, was the energy within my body being, you know, survivalist, expecting the worst, being ready for the worst, completely exhausted. And I'm thinking, who shows me how to live? I'm realizing that no one was going to show me how to live. I had to figure that out. Well, I started my my businesses based on that. If you want to know who you are and you want to know how you actually want to live in this world, live your life, and you want permission to do so, then we're gonna we're, we're able to do all that. 
I've always had a relationship with myself and I always loved myself. I just didn't believe that other people could love me, if you know what I mean. And so if you if you grow up in an environment where it's don't be you, don't do this, you kind of learn how to be your own little cheerleader on the inside. I don't I, I know that some people in that environment would have just completely lost themselves, but for some reason I didn't. I've always had a strong thread of an essence. Again, I come back to, I know I'm a good person. I know I'm full of love and caring. I'm not saying I'm perfect, you know, or any of that. And, and so it just became about, I want to know me as much as I know other people. Like, yeah. do you know, I live in the, I live inside myself. Like it's a 24 seven, like we dream yeah. together. We're going to freaking die together. And I mean, I have multiple chronic illnesses. I've been through decades of mental ill health. It's not like it's all a breeze. Yeah. But one of the things I will say is having a having a strong self-relationship really helps you be able to differentiate between your depression, so like suicidal ideation, and who you are like to know the difference, um, which is very valuable. It's still a really horrible space to be in, but you're kind of able to still be like, no, that's not my voice saying that. That's that's the illness. Um yeah, it just came, it just, do you know what? I think it just came from a desire to find peace. Yeah. And you cannot find peace in the world if you don't have it inside yourself. Like, Ugh. Yeah, and you know, I'm going to say, like, it's funny. Sometimes I think we try and like, oh, where did it come from? Where did it come from? Personally, I believe that some of us, we just have things within us. And actually, that's, it's, it's always been there. So that your ability to believe consistently in yourself, despite everybody else maybe saying otherwise is just part of who you are as a person and as an individual yeah. on this planet and actually is what almost makes you perfectly placed to support people that don't have that belief and that have struggled yeah. with it because you yeah. will be able to hold it with utter knowing yeah. that everybody else is that way too everybody else is worthy of love everybody else is worthy of recognition is worthy of all these things that you just you know like on that soul cellular level to be true you can hold that for maybe people that that are a bit shakier in that belief which is what makes you perfectly placed and you know whether people whether you want to talk about like life purpose and dharma and whatever it kind of doesn't matter how we approach it or dress it up I think within us we tend to have like kind of like a calling kind of like something that that is is so rock rock solid and again as you progress through life and other things drop away it's the thing that always remains there and actually we don't need to justify why it's there we don't need to search for it's like ah it's like no this is and that's what's brilliant and wonderful about you and also I'm just gonna again (laughs) tout in the pod but you are going to be hosting a workshop for us in December as well, um, taking us all through some journaling exercises. So if anybody's listening to this and is like, oh my God, I'd love to have Solas in my life. <laughs> Firstly, do go check her out and I'll get, get you to share your links in a second. Um, but also inside the pod in December, Solace is going to be leading us through a, um, and I'm not going to say what it's about because it'll be revealing the theme ahead of time. <laughs> so we're going to have that air of mystery but Solas will be leading our knowledge sharing session, which are always uh, member-led sessions that we have every month, um, led by a different community member. And Solas is going to be doing that for us in December, which I'm super excited about. Uh, and while we're on this topic, Solas, if people do want to find you, where is best for them to do so? www.solasforest.com 
And how are you spelling Salas? Just... Oh, S-O-L-A-C-E. So like that safe place and sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. And you're also on Instagram and on Substack. I'm going to do it for you. So <laughs> Yeah, um... I am on all those places. They are linked to my website. Um, yeah. yeah. We'll all drop the all usual... the links. Yeah, we'll drop them all in the show notes. Um, so wherever anybody's listening, they can come and find you as well. Or just come, and, come to the pod because I am there for... Most phone call, for most of our call <laughs> sessions, I'm there. Um, I just, it's, I gotta say, like, truly, truly, I do have to say, like, it is a huge addition to my week. I, I was part, I joined a different biz group, which is great. Uh, um, I think about two years ago, and at that point in my life, phone, phone call weekly kind of video calls would not have been welcome. And so that was perfect for then. But then I got to the point where I felt it was lacking because although we had a like a chat group. So for me, my life is just it's just there's such a great addition to my week for the human connection as someone who's an introvert and likes to just Mm -hmm. hang out mostly on their own because we just get into deep and important stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just my favorite kind of interaction and um, because of the work I do and it's hugely based on my default personality I just really love deep conversations mm. or philosophical conversations around any topic yeah it's nourishing um, right the pod provides that like it does and, and like even just as I say like the outside connections like DMing some of the girls outside of you know or even just like whatsapp voice messaging business ideas and we, we do that kind of I do that with a couple of them back and forth so we can kind of just check out with each other what we think and stimulate ideas you know come, but anyway it's fa- it is fabulous and it's absolute value for money um if the membership market was any better I would say up your price massively but <laughs> the membership market is what it is <laughs> yeah well part of it is that we want to be able to make it accessible for people we want people to feel like this is a place where they can come and also that people don't have to take part in every single aspect of what we offer inside the pod to get value of it that's that's a really oh, strong belief no. so even if somebody is like you know what I just want to come along for this one thing it's it's definitely it's more any any individual thing I personally believe more than um, yeah more than equates to what what you actually invest in it but I yeah. would agree at one point I was like I think I'm the person who goes to the most calls like that means I get the absolute most value from my money <laughs> um yeah. amazing well it has been so lovely to chat to you today, Salas. Just we could did be we here talk all about day. desire? Did I? Did I? We absolutely did talk <laughs> about desire. Of course we did. And that's the thing, right? It's not about like again with the themes, with the pod, with all of it. It's not about us trying to fit in or tick boxes or anything like that. Everything that we do inside the pod is an invitation. Everything. So even just taking this theme of desire and in this conversation today, it's like, this is where we're going to start and we're going to see where it takes us. Because life isn't about trying to define where we're going ahead Mm -hmm. of time, right? It's about setting the intention to go off on a journey and just see where the heck we end up. And that's the beauty of it. That's the joy of it. And that's what we're all here to do it together. Because I don't, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't have to walk this alone we can walk our own paths but we don't have to actually do it alone so yeah yeah thank you so much for your time with us today um and yeah like like i said we'll drop the show notes for uh all of salas's information and information about the pod uh beneath this episode wherever you are watching or listening and we hope that we will um yeah 
hear from you guys soon. Thank you, Salas. That was so beautiful. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. And if you're listening to this over on our Substack, we'd love for you to join the conversation and let us know your thoughts too. Likewise, if you actively want to explore what doing business differently looks like for you, then do be sure to check out the pod, which is our private community where we share a bunch of resources every month for you to play with as you define your way of doing things. Inside the pod, there's also a ton of live sessions held every month too, from community circles, clarity clinics, hot seat coaching, moon mornings, and member-led knowledge sharing sessions. To check it out, just head to the show notes below where everything is linked for you to explore further. Thanks so much for listening. Speak soon. Lots of love.